following podcast will contain spoilers. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Hello and welcome to the first episode of season two of Ooh. Please Don't Make Me Watch. This week you can expect Jewish humour. No comment. Killer camping. And twins. Diverse range. Twins. Um, yeah, welcome back. It's well, a new year. It's a new us. It's a new decade. It's a new decade. Are you excited? Because we are. We are very excited. <laughs> also, it's rogue for us because we're recording this in the evening. Normally, we do this on a weekend, but yeah, Alice is in her pajamas. Hey. I'm speaking about myself in the third person. So cool. Um, yeah, cool. But what have you been up to? I went oh, to see the Book of Mormon recently. Had you not seen it before? No, I hadn't seen it before. But you'd listen to the soundtrack. I listened to the soundtrack, yeah. You little traitor, you shouldn't do that. But no, this is the thing, is that so I was also prepared for it to be funny. Yeah. I wasn't prepared to be for it to be as funny as it was. Because my flat date mate didn't really enjoy it very much. Mm. Which I was shocked about. And I went to see it when it just like literally just yeah. came out and I had no idea what it was about, except that it was about Mormons. Mormons. So all of the humour was like incredibly funny to me because mm. I was with my parents, <clears throat> I was with my younger brother. We were all very awkward about the C word. I think I think yeah, I mean I went have obviously knowing the soundtrack. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of the jokes that are just done in the dialogue and like the visual gags. Yeah. And they work really, really well. And it, it is also just there there is nothing that's it's still funny is the midpoint dialogue in Hasadiga Ibowai, which if you don't know, I'm not going to say, because every time that came up, or when you said that, and it's like, Ibowai means God, and Hasadiga means, fuck fuck you, you. and the whole theatre bursts out laughing for about two minutes. They just build up so well to that, I think. Yeah, and it... And and also like like the little bits that you don't necessarily see, like the bit at the airport before yeah. they all leave, is really funny. And actually seeing them do the opening number, where you see them all like appear. Hello, my name is Elder Price. Price. Is so catchy. It's properly funny. Yeah. And I I loved it. I really enjoyed Yay. it. Yay! I'm so glad. I love that musical. It's such a good musical. I love Baptize Me. I remember thinking that was hilarious when I was younger. I mean, it's like comparing baptism to losing your virginity. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a sex sixteen round me was not nuanced in my humour. I know. Also, it is from a simpler time because it's from 2013. 2013. Yeah. I think it won at 2012 Tonys and then it came to here at 2013. Yeah. If I'm correct, um, but if I'm right, then that's like it's like at that period where. People didn't need like cute laughs. You know, we've got yeah. like Bake Off now, and we've got like, I haven't seen it yet, but Come From Away, and like mm. a lot of the musicals now seem to either be political and like the stuff because the culture we consume is like political, either quite political or um, quite or really homely and like making you feel better about yeah. the world. And Book of Mormon is coming from that period where we all felt so secure in the world that, that we, we could, could like really, it's not like pushing boundaries, yeah. but we could really enjoy like really infantile mm. humor almost and like quite mean shows yeah. and all of that but I think stuff. I think also I just find funny is that Robert Lopez that was the thing he wrote before he did Frozen yeah I know it's so good isn't it it's, and you're like also Disney are so good at getting the latest composers yeah. to do their movies like Moana they got Lin-Manuel Miranda yeah it's exciting I'm trying to think of what I did and I can't remember anything. probably went to the theatre that's fair I did I went, but only like a couple of times Um, I went to Duchess of Malfi at the Almeida ah. with um, Rebecca Frecknell directing who I love 
and it's really interesting and cool. It was one of my least favourite of the shows that she's done. Mm. But um, I'd never seen Dutch with Mafia before. Do you know what it is? Nope. It's like a Renaissance tragedy. Um, John Webster, who has seen Shakespeare in Love? Yes. Um, he's the one who's like, you can see her bubbies. Uh, and they're like, oh, that's John Webster. They're taking the piss out of him because all of his plays are like obsessed with sex and people dying in stupid ways. So in the Shakespeare in Love, he's like, I like Tocus Andronicus, which is the Shakespeare play in which most people get oh, killed. It's, it's, it's the Shakespeare play that suddenly the last sort of maybe scene and you're like, Wait, what the shit just happened? Yeah, basically. It's got like the pie, like the mummies, her own son's in the pie, someone chops off their own hand on stage, like she someone gets, gets raped. Anyway. Then everyone's dead. The joke is that Webster likes that play because all of his plays subsequently are like Titus Sunshine uh. like this, except with like slightly more. Basically, it was a really good production. It was really stupid and like bloody and loads of people died. They did it quite well, they took it quite seriously, but you did leave being like, this production was great, but also Shakespeare is so much better than any other writer, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It was just like better, like, like ideas that are in Shakespeare done worse. Yeah. But also, Lydia Wilson is a great actress and I would recommend you all look her up. Yeah. And it was Burns Night a couple nights ago and you went to a Kaylee. <sighs> I did, my calves actually have not recovered. I'll um, go to one in a month and I'm incredibly excited. I love a Kaylee. genuinely need to warm down. Yeah. Like, yes they can walk. Mm. They can walk downstairs. I borrowed a child's crutch, well I didn't borrow a child's crutches, but Nearly. I seriously considered it. I mean, I, oh. I think anyone who is sceptical about going to a Kaylee, even if like, I can't dance, they literally shout the steps at you. Oh, it's so fun. It's so much fun. Yeah, but don't be those annoying people who are like, oh, sounds such a bitch. But I feel like I'm quite good at picking up steps, mm. and so are most people. Yeah. And it's so annoying when there's like two people who just don't get it yeah I mean I feel bad saying that because I'm sure I've been that person at some yeah. point but you also want to be like keep it up people I, mean, I, I will say if you can't tell your left from your right okay it's gonna be very difficult you just look at your hands though mm. I yeah. mean there are some though that like it's dance I don't know 12 in three hours and your brain oh is god, just there yeah. like oh god okay yeah it's such a relief when you get to the easy ones but also we did um Oh, the famous one. Uh, Strip the Willow. Strip the Willow. And he did the entire... Oh, or Cajun Strip the Willow. That's what it's called. When you do it in a massive long line, that's what Cajun okay, Strip the Willow. Okay, he didn't say that. But like, the, this massive, massive long line all down the hall. And it was one of those ones where you're like, I'm a dream at this. I'm so good at this. Yeah. And then we got ten couples from the end. I like turned to the girl that I was seeing it with. And I could see in her face that she felt the same way that I did, which was... I'm gonna have an asthma attack or have a heart attack right now. Yeah. It was so hard. Oh, yeah. And then you got to the end and we literally both sank to our knees and were like, <gasps> and then the next couple came along, so we had to fucking yeah. strip their willows. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, on Sam. with the show. Speaking of swearing, um, I for my TV this week, I asked you, I think to watch I think you could safely call Amazon Prime's flagship TV show. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, which is one that I discovered didn't expect much of. And Subsequently, love. And that is The Marvellous Mrs. Maisel. The Marvellous Mrs. Maisel is an American comedy drama series set in the 1950s, written by Amy Sherman Palladino. Um, it stars Rachel Brosnahan as Miriam Maisel, a housewife in the late 1950s and 60s, who then becomes a stand-up comedian. Um, it also centres around kind of her Jewish family, and it very much revolves around kind of Jewish style humour. So if you're familiar with someone like Mel Brooks, there's quite a lot of that sort of humour. Um, I just think it's really funny and really great and I like how it all looks and it's 
it kind of shocked me how good it was, in a way. Because I wasn't expecting And because you're much. a bitch and you don't like Gilmore Girls, which is the other three missing. Because Gilmore Girls is boring. No, we don't need to get into this. I'm just like putting just, it out there. Just listen to episode four. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that you remember which episode it was. <laughs> it's because I spent ages creating the spreadsheet. Like, <laughs> anyway, what do you think? Um, I really, really enjoyed it, actually. Yes. Um, I've watched more <clears throat> since. Yes. Um, I, I haven't seen all of series three yet, so I'm kind I of... I mean, I'm nowhere near no. that. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Mm. I also like almost deliberately didn't get into it before because I didn't want to get into something on a different like network. Platform. I didn't want to have to like pay for Prime, um, which I now am, which is annoying. But it's called I'll <laughs> stop it after like a month or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the character is fun. Yeah, Mitch the is a very fun is character. clever. It pisses me off how thin she is, but at least they reference the fact that she's deliberately done that to like. Yeah get a husband almost her mum is very funny the fact that they spend ages talking about how big her baby's forehead is and like will she not attract a man because of that very funny yeah she's good at like the comedy stuff tony shaluba's her dad is really great as well yes he is very good i don't know what else he's been in but yeah he was really good um i think i think he's been in his galaxy quest but i might just make you watch galaxy quest next time (laughs) okay it's um yeah i really enjoyed it but i have to say and i'm I've based my score on the first episode, but having watched more, I'm slightly getting sick of Midge mm. already. I, I think assume that's the point. you're supposed to, yes. and you're supposed to be like, get it together, girl. Yeah. I love her sidekick, the little woman. Yeah. Who everyone keeps calling a man. She's hilarious. She's, Al- she's Alex Alex Ballstein. She's so good. She's so funny. Really, really funny. In yeah. fact, that is part, kind of the problem because Midge is funny to a point, and then you're like, why isn't the why isn't the comedy? Why isn't agent Susie being, the main character? Yeah. Why isn't Susie like doing all of this? Um, I like the soundtrack. I think it's clever. Yeah. Are those songs recorded for the show? Or no, they I found? think they're pre-existing. That's really good then because they yeah. completely match what they're talking about. I think her husband is very believable. Yeah. And likeable despite the fact that he's a dick. Yes. And that, that I think is, is the way is that like kind of Midge is kind of endearing and very funny but also really annoying. Susie is kind of standoffish and rude but also kind of rooting for her all the time. Yeah. Um, her husband is... A dickhead, but also... And he's such a classic dickhead as well. Like, yeah. He screws his secretary. I don't think I'm giving anything away. No. It, it's in the trailer. Yeah. Um, but then also, he's like, clearly shown to be like a really good dad, and he still really cares about yeah. Midge. And it's... It, this is the thing, is that these characters could be drawn so one note, and yeah. so kind of blank canvas. Mm. But they're not. They are so... They feel very real, and they also feel much more fleshed out than I would expect from this kind of series. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, yeah. I know I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. The fashion is obviously very, very enjoyable. The costumes are so good. The costumes are incredible. Um yeah, all the like the Jewish humour is very mm. funny. And the and the the scenes when they're in temple are always really funny. Because they're just clearly like the service is going on and it's the classic it, it's a religious service but they're all having a conversation. I don't but, think I've seen one of them yet. Ah, they are great. Okay. Um but also it's it's much more kind of like have you met um her brother yet midge's brother yeah i just got to the episode that he's in he uh, seems lovely have you have you met his wife yeah 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 he's hilarious because she's just converted so she's like eager to prove how how and yeah it's, and her it, like credentials as a jewess and it's so yeah, funny that. and it and then also kind of when when like midge will sort of say oh having done this to susie and it does kind of have that class dynamic is that midge is from a very kind of 
wealthy, privileged New York yeah. academic elite family. Susie is not. Yeah. Susie lives in a one bed flat with a Anders not an Anderson bed. The beds do fold into the wall. Yeah, there's a yeah, name for them. And kind of is sort of making ends meet, is so paranoid about everything that she constantly wears her front door key as a, as a necklace, so she's always got it on her. She's so great. She's such a great character. Yeah. And, and there are so many, and also I feel like a lot of the side characters that kind of come in, come out, are really good. Like, um, for example, Midge's best friend. Yeah. She's really fun. And a nice kind of counterpoint. Yeah, and so like, as in she really is fun because she's just like, you expect her to be a bitch, but she's not a bitch. Yeah. I mean, she's not the cleverest character, but also she's not there to be the cleverest character because Midge is cleverer than all of her friends and her husband and also probably her dad. But no, but, like... Yeah. She, she is charming her intelligence I love the episode where she gets a job and her dad yeah. like can't quite believe it, but is really supportive of it. That yeah. really touched my heart, actually. The only thing I don't like is like, as in, and I know that it's supposed to be a flaw of her, but like the way they she treats her children is absolute dog shit oh it's awful yeah it's and, but, really bad but again and that's what i'm saying is that the, the characters are well rounded in the fact that they have flaws yeah but the flaws make them more compelling as a character because yeah. at some point you think these things are going to come to a head like the fact that Susie is incredibly abrasive comes to a head at some point yeah the fact that joel is a scumbag comes to comes a head to at head. some point the fact um oh i liked what I'm confused about now, sorry, this is, like, not about the first episode mm. now, but, like, about the series. But, um, she makes friends with this comedian because he has to, like, bail her out of jail. Lenny Bruce. Yeah. He's only appeared in, like, one other episode He's since. one that recurs quite a lot. Yeah, it's really confusing that he hasn't recurred more. Mm. How, if I'm honest. What episode are you on at the moment? The one with her brother and her sister. So, like, five, six? Visit. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he appears more toward the end of the series and more in series two. Yeah, but it's confusing. Yeah. As in, if I were script writing this... I would have been like, she's trying to mm. become a comedian, where the fuck is her comedian friend? Yeah. It just does not make sense no, to me. No, but I mean... But like, whatever. I, I didn't realise that Lenny Bruce was a real person. Oh, was he? Yeah. A, a lot a lot of the comedians in this were actually re are actually real comedians. Like, obviously not now, but people playing real oh, comedians. They, I, so, I was very pleased with myself because my family loved Bob Newhart. Like, mm. we used to listen to him in the car, all the sketches. Yeah. Because we had them on um, CD. And then when he the husband starts doing the sketch routine about like Abe Lincoln and his um shawl yeah at the beginning I was like that's definitely a Bob Hart Newhart routine mm. and then it's referenced and I was like yeah I know uh. my comedian he also if you don't know Bob Newhart so funny so oh my god the one with the tobacco it's like Walter Raleigh phoning home to be like I've discovered tobacco and it's like the other side of the line then being like they're leaves but you don't. You smoke up, you smoke them, do you? Well, yeah, yeah. Have a great time there, are you? Great. Oh, it's so good. It is. It is, and I think there's there's just so many elements to this, like the fact, like the department store that Chen's working in. Yeah. The people in the department store are like really interesting as characters, and yeah, then, they're not just like there for filler. Yeah, and it, and it's uh, for me. I'm still whenever I I watch it, I'm just thinking, this. Am I missing something? Or is it actually this good? Because there's there's some shows that I do find that I watch. I'm like, something is there's something that's gonna go horribly wrong at some yeah, point in the yeah. in the series. And from me now being on series three, I can confirm that that hasn't happened yet for the wow, Marvel. Wow, that's Mazel. so good. But I just I'm there. There are some episodes that I just think, wow, that's seriously good. Like there's one. Um, there's a there's a whole series kind of episode arc where they go to the Catskills. Uh, in series two, oh, right. and that's brilliant. 
There's just all of it's really mm. fun, to be perfectly honest yeah. with you. Like, it was just a really nice, like, it was just a delight to watch, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, my only critique would that be, like, Midge is getting annoying, but, like, mm. I'm assuming they're going to address that yes. ASAP. Yes, definitely. Mid- they, do, they do address that Midge is annoying. Right, my TV time. Woo! Woo! So, this week, or rather, to start the new series, I asked you to watch um, an episode of Criminal, colon, UK. Criminal Colon UK or Criminal Colon United Kingdom is a 2019 British police procedural anthology series. That's so many words. That is a lot. Created words. by George Kay and Jim Field Smith, and it stars David Tennant and a variety of other people. But David Tennant is the star of the first episode only, as far as I know. Um, it's part of Netflix's Criminal, which is an anthology series consisting of 12 total episodes with three episodes each set in four countries and filmed in local languages. So there's mm. France, Spain, Germany and the UK. I've only watched the first two episodes of the UK one because I watched them with my parents and I feel bad. Um, I really enjoyed it. The premise is essentially picture like Line of Duty but only the interrogation. Yes. So it's set completely in a police interrogation room. London investigators are trying to like basically play psychological cat and mouse with the suspects to find answers to solve the case. Mm-hmm. So all you see is the interrogation. Did you like it? Yes, I did. Hooray! Um, I think... Huzzah! For me, there is a flaw in the show is that it does kind of go into the bit behind the scenes of the interrogation. Like, it's not just going into the, the bit behind the glass, there's also them talking, like, in the corridor, and there's a little bit too much on that, and in the opening of the episode. And the issue is, is that once the interrogation is done, then they have to get out of the interrogation and it basically I feel like the first five minutes and the last five minutes are slightly unsatisfying when the middle is so good. Yeah, I take your point. Mm. I mean, I think David Tennant is amazing in this. I mean, name me one thing that he isn't amazing in. True. You can't because he's an amazing actor and he deserves all the awards. Well exactly. done, David. His podcast is also very good. Yeah. Yeah. Plug, plug. plug Subscribe, plug. David. Subscribe, David. What else? Tell me more. I think You've literally got a notebook in front of you. I do have go. a notebook in front of me. Um, I think the, the detail of the crime, I think, what I, the one thing I like about this is the crime that they're, like, interrogating, the details are really believable. Yeah. And I, and I like that aspect of it. Um, David Tennant saying no comment, lots did get irritating, but also... That's I, the point. It's the point. It's is meant to kind of wear you down. And the stylization of the interrogation room and then the, the bit behind the two-way mirror... I really like how the shot kind of pans between. You've got this kind of like red light and this LED clock that I also kind of want one because yeah. um, it looks really cool. Um, but I think I think it's with a weaker script and with a weaker central performance, this could be unwatchable. Yeah, I mean, very easily this could be unwatchable. Yeah, I agree. But I think that this has a very strong central performance and a very good script. I don't remember what anyone else did in it other than David Tennant because you get David Tennant kind of... Yeah, but of... I think the point is that the interrogation people are kind of en masse. Yeah. Like, as in, in episode two and at the end of episode one you get slight glimpses into mm. their characters and like the relationships that are going on there. Yeah. But you actually don't get very much and I, I think it's good. Like, yes. The focus is on the interrogation, is on the It's crime. about the interrogation, but you also do get glimpses so you yourself can like guess how their relationships have impacted yeah. their ability to interrogate him, mm-hmm, Definitely. Um, and there's like f- friction, obviously, because some people get to interrogate and some people don't get to interrogate. Yeah. And they're all pissed off about like who's going to break him and 
and that's interesting but i think I, the reason i like it is because it lets you work out a lot for yourself it's yeah. not being like here are all of the main characters here is what you should think about all of them exactly. like even with the criminal case it's, an, it's essentially like almost a murder mystery for you but you don't have any of the clues no and and the and then but they're, they're not giving it to you like yeah. you feel like you are working it out and then when things are revealed it was genuinely like <gasps> oh my god and, and also the crime seems believable yeah like obviously it's horrific but it seems believable because of the details used to embellish it like they talk about the plastic treading on the bottom of a boot yeah and you're like oh that's something that an actual policeman would be like Mm. It's also such a joy because it's such a dark crime and stuff. Because classic David Tennant, he's either like a great guy or like the evilest guy in the exactly. world. Exactly. Um, it's such a dark crime, but it mm. was such a relief to watch that and not have to be subjected to the yeah. actress having to pretend to be dead yet again. Exactly. Or like pretend to be raped or have that terrible bit at the beginning of all detective shows, which I actually kind of love, but like you don't need it all of the time. Yeah. Which is where we get introduced to someone who we know is going to die within the next three minutes mm. and you're like, but how will they die? Exactly, exactly. Okay. And I, and you just I, get the details and they slowly get leaked out and it gets more and more horrifying as you learn. And you get more and more pulled into it. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I really need to know. And you're not sure if he's done it or not. Yeah. Which makes it even better because mm. you're like, are oh, we supporting an innocent or a guilty man? We don't know. Uh, it's really difficult. Yeah, it's such a good show. Okay. And, and, I think, and I think that I, I'm definitely intrigued to watch more of it. I think the issue is that with me watching more of it is that I've just got quite a lot to watch at the moment. Yeah, and because they're like anthology, you don't feel the pressure to like watch anything. It doesn't go on or anything. Yeah, and I th and I think that you, you also with an anthology series, you're kind of like, well, I can. Oh, sorry. Speaking of anthology series, series five of Inside Number Nine coming out. Yes, I saw soon. that. So excited. Anyway, sorry, carry on. But I, th I think I think because it's an anthology series, you can easily dip in and out of it. Yeah, I plan to watch the third episode, but it's like mm. not. I'm not and I'm also interested to watch the others, like. Yeah, the ones in other languages. The ones in other languages. Attempted yet, but because I think that would be really interesting. Yeah, it's just you have to focus so much. On it. I know, I know. Mm. Bong Joon Ho has just had a go at all of us, but not like, wanting to watch. Yeah, past the one inch thing of subtitles, I'm like, well done him. But also, I'm so lazy. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I mean, you do just want to have something on in the background, Bong Joon. Yeah, but oh. I mean, but but I I feel like that sometimes you, the thing you would want with subtitles on it, you wouldn't have on it in the background. I mean, Well, exactly. In, it was like, yeah. yeah in, exactly. my, in my living room, I often have to have the subtitles on because my living room was quite echoey. I'm, I'm very elderly, <laughs> essentially. Um, I think with Criminal, it does very much rest on the strength of that central performance. I do, though, sometimes feel like, for me, my other issue with it is it sometimes it's a bit too kind of, ooh, look how stylized we can be. The direction is sometimes a little bit weird to the point that it's distracting. I don't remember that, but yeah. Table. I think some some of it's really cool, like I was saying about the panning in between the interrogation yeah. room and the backstage. But then some of it, it's like, why, why, what? No. Why is there a, a 30 second shot of an air vent? I get why there is one, but it doesn't need to be 30 seconds. It yeah, could be yeah, three yeah. and achieve the same thing. Yeah. It was it was a little bit style over substancy in places, but it... Not so much that I kind of, I was like, this is, looks amazing, but it's boring. Yeah. Which I think it very much could have gone into, but it fortunately doesn't. Yeah. We're going to talk about films. Yeah. <laughs> if we must. If we must. Unfortunately, that is the format of this show. <laughs> um, so, my film, um, I know you like dark comedy. I love dark comedy. So I thought, why not give you a dark comedy? That is also a very British dark comedy because of the setting and the premise. 
And, and I... Brexit means British. British dark comedy. We ain't having none of that other dark comedy over here. Oh god, we're all gonna die, aren't we? Um, and I asked you to watch Sightseers. Sightseers is a 2012 British horror comedy directed by Ben Wheatley, starring Alice Lowe and Steve Oram. Um, it basically follows two people, a couple, um, Chris and Tina, who go on a camping holiday, like a shit British camping holiday, and then start murdering people. Essentially, is what happens. Um, I think, I watched, I think I watched this film with my mum. Um, right. I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it, because I had, don't think I'd seen a film like that for, that was kind of almost so mundane mm. in its setting. Mm -hmm. And I was very surprised, and I just, just thought it was quite funny. Um, I wanted to see what you thought, because you've probably seen more things like this than I have. Right, so I was, I wanted to see this from when it first came out and like never quite mm. got around to it, honestly. Um, I like Alice Lowe, I think her idea is very funny. I want to watch her pregnant film as well. Revenge, I haven't seen that either and I really want to well. see it. Um, this, the premise is very funny. I enjoyed it, but I would not say I loved it. Fair enough. I'm trying to think about why. So, I kind of almost wanted... Oh, I feel like I'm just too simple for this. Like, I, I wanted it to be as the premises, like, they start murdering people. Mm. And instead it's very much like... He starts murdering He people. murders people. Or he has murdered... It's implied he's murdered people before. Yeah. Like, he just murders more people at this point mm. than any other point. And then she kind of, like, gets a taste for it and goes for it. And I found her sub submissiveness to him mm. so off-putting that it made me not like it. But I know that's, like, the point and that's mm. the dark comedy they were going for. So it's not, like, a critique mm. of the film as such as a critique of my sensibilities and the film matched together. I wanted, like, them to go around and kill people for being annoying, but it was not that film. No. And that's what it sold as and yes. that's why it pissed me off. I think I hadn't seen the trailer when I first watched it. And I, I don't know, I kind of liked the thing is that I think they started this off as it was like a stage kind of show. It was the concept was that they were two couple, they were a couple in a caravan yeah. who spent their holiday murdering people. Um, yeah. And then they've since turned it into a film. And I think... Oh, sorry, I just clocked what you said. I thought you were commenting on the directorial, like, it's set like a stage show. And I was going, yeah, but I didn't really understand what you mean. But it was literally a stage show. Yeah, it was, it was, I it see. was kind of thought of initially as a stage work. I see. They are in a caravan. Yeah, And they're discussing the people that they've killed or yeah. that he's killed. And I think that an element of that survives. And I do agree with you that I kind of wanted Alice's character to do more in it. Yeah. But also, I, I don't know, I find quite compelling characters who go along with people who are objectively awful, uh, but you can't work out why, and you're constantly spending the film working out why they're going along with this. I guess, yeah, I found that, I just find that frustrating. Like, mm. as in, if he had been really... I know the funny thing is that he's not that great, but, like, he's so shit. Mm. It just made me piss off that she was putting up with it in any way. Yeah. It also reminds me a lot of you, because... Mm. um. You obviously haven't watched the second series of You. No. But I have. Spoilers for anyone who's listening. We've had the spoiler alert at yeah. the beginning, whatever. So You season two, at the very end, he finds out that this girl he's been in love with, who's called Love. I know you'll love that detail. Um, yeah. The show is so bad. So good. And guess what her brother's called? Because her parents are posh. Penis. 40. 40 love. Like tennis. Ah. <laughs> the brightest show 
needs to be put no, in the No, the rest of the show know exactly what they're doing. They're having a laugh. You gave the show eight. You yeah, gave the show I eight. I really enjoy it. Anyway, regardless, I'm not saying it's quality. I'm saying it's enjoyable. Anyway, whatever. Um, at the end of it, he finds out that Love, who he's in love with, is also a psychopath killer. And he hate, and he's like, you hear his voiceover being like, so she's like me. I'm not a fan of that, basically. So he's like, as in he's self-aware, he knows that it's mm. ridiculous that he doesn't like her, but he also feels it. Yeah. And I just think that is so what Sightseers mm. had already done. So that made me impressed because it like had been done before yeah. because he goes off her after she kills someone mm. on her own. He's so dislikable. It yeah. pissed me off. But I think I think also... Like, really pissed me off. I think he's, he's obviously meant to be really dislikable. No, but, but I, I would have liked this a lot more... If it was more of like a Bonnie and really like, situation. Well, not even that, but if... Even if she'd gone along with it, but it'd be much more fun if he'd been perfect because he kept killing off people who weren't perfect. And it doesn't... Mm. As in, I know psychologically it makes more sense for him to kill off people who... Slightly annoy him. Slightly annoy him because he himself is not perfect. Yeah. But I would have preferred it to be he's just like absolutely sick and he's like, no, why should I have to deal with like someone? Because it implies that it's people who are like dropping dog shit all over the place or like a bit hot fuzzy. Yeah. And that's what I expected. So when he was like the aggressor throughout, mm. I felt betrayed. No, I, I can, I can, yeah. <laughs> Essentially. But... But I think that I I personally also like the setting is that yeah and the, the pencil and the, museum quality stuff and, and the thing is is that it's you you could see this very easily being done as like sort of somewhere in the middle of nowhere America yeah. they're driving the small town someone and like it has been done before yeah um, and they have like a fuck off big RV yeah but the fact that it is a shit British camping holiday yeah and it's great. kind of grey and rainy the whole time. It's kind of, in a way, the setting itself is quite comical. Yeah. No, the setting is, like, almost the best bit about it, mm. I would say. I would, I would say the I setting... Think they, and I also think the acting is great. Yeah. I love the fact that, like, the detail of a shit British camping holiday, which I feel like we've all kind of been on, like... Yeah. Where she's got, like, a plastic bowl full of pasta with, like, a, a, like a random sauce in it. Yeah. And she's, like, ladling out with some random implement into it. I don't know. There's something about how she got that pasta out of the bowl. That is and I was really like, funny. God, flashbacks. Yeah. Like, we've all been there. I think, I think I for me, though, the best bit is the end. Well, the end I was pleased with, but I was also just like, oh, okay. Because what the thing is, is I didn't see the end coming. Uh... I vaguely saw the end coming. Like, not completely, but as yeah. they were... Yeah. I... Because I, I... I don't know. I just... I, I felt like... Because I, I... What I thought was that he was going to kind of then sort of murder... Because you see her mum and her family at the start. Yeah. And he's going to maybe murder one of them. Oh, my God. What, how her dog died, that was the funniest oh, bit yeah. in the whole film. Oh, yeah. Because I thought it was going to be something really dark. And it was but in a much funnier way than yeah. I anticipated. Because when this film was funny, it's really funny. I think I think it's really funny. <laughs> I think a lot. Of, I know people who've seen Prevenge and they say it's funnier. I think bits of it are funny. I thought that dog bit was hilarious. Yeah. Everything else I thought was like fine. I just found it like I felt like I was watching it, being like, "Yeah, I can see why that would be funny." Mm. Yes, we're in the pencil. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I felt like I was constantly being like a clever comedic choice, but I was never actually laughing. Because I was yeah. never actually taken by surprise. But also I feel like you've seen more stuff like this than I have. Maybe, yeah. And so you equally, like, I feel like, for me with the People versus O.J. Simpson, I've seen a lot more stuff like that. 
and so I've got a lot more to compare it to. What do you mean? Like kind of historical dramas about kind of big kind of grand uh, mo- like events and moments. I've seen a lot more of those. Okay. And so I've got a lot more to refer it to rather than, I mean, I think equally with you, you've seen a lot more British dark comedy. Yeah, which is why this was like good, but not as good as I had anticipated because I thought it would be amazing. Fair. That was fun. Yeah. I'm glad I watched it. That's good. We like that. Um, okay, my film. Woo-hoo-hoo. I'm back on the Netflix documentaries. Back on the Netflix true crime documentaries. Yeah, and I've got another one for you next week. Get hyped. Um, this one is called Tell Me Who I Am. Okay, so Tell Me Who I Am is another 2019 film. Hello, well done, Alice. Um, <laughs> documentary film this time. Directed and produced by the British filmmaker Ed Perkins. I hate that I've chosen two Netflix things. You've said that before, I feel. Like, I know, because I, I feel resentful about how well Netflix are doing. Yeah. They oh. Anyway, um, it focuses on twin brothers Alex and Marcus Lewis. Alex loses his memory in a motorcycle accident, or really did lose his memory, as in he's not a character, he's a person. Um, lost his memory in a motorcycle accident at age 18, and his twin, identical twin brother, helped him recreate the lost memories of his childhood because he only... The only thing he remembers upon waking up from the accident is not even his own name, but his brother. So he is the only person he can rely on at all, ever. So Marcus helps recreate their childhood Mm. from scratch. And then when they get to 32, Alex realises that Marcus has not been telling the truth Mm. about everything about their childhood. And the story, the documentary is mostly following them separately talking in a room along with pictures and things, but essentially just them talking about their separate experiences of what went on. And then at the very end, and they are now 50 something. Yeah. 54. They eventually come together. They're in the same room and they've worked together. Like they literally do Mm. jobs together their entire lives. They both got married. They both have kids. They both hang out together. They both go on holidays together. They both know each other intimately. They've written a book about their experience before, but they have never spoken about it in person. And they've never asked each other the questions that they've always wanted to ask. And they do in person together. And it's incredibly emotional. Mm. I don't want... Do I give away what the, like, twist I think. Is? I think I'm... Oh. I, want, I want to maybe talk about that a bit later. Okay. Because... What, what do you think? Go on. Okay, as... as as you know, not a particularly big fan of true crime. I just, I, it's just not a genre that appeals to me. This is better than your average one, I think. But I also feel like it falls into the true crime trap of that we're a true crime documentary. Let's have lots of arty, pretentious shots that actually don't mean anything. It's like, oh, let's have a shot in a wood looking upwards to represent a brain. And you're like, come on. Be oh, less I didn't obvious. care about that because I wasn't. I didn't it, really it, care about how it was shot. I was just so involved. It frustrated in me. Um, I thought the interviewing was so good that I didn't the, give a shit. The about interviewing what it is like. the best bit. But one thing I will say about the interviewing is that you mentioned that they work together and they clearly have a, a relationship. But the way that the documentary sets this up is that you know I feel like it implied that they hadn't talked for ages, and then suddenly oh shit, they've been working together for the past 20 years. I'm like, what? The, what? Yeah, but I, that was good because because the point is that they haven't talked about it. They haven't talked about the most important yeah. thing in their lives. As in, I agree, when they said like they work together, I was like, well, I thought they literally like mm. in Peru because they don't speak anymore. Yeah. But it almost makes it more interesting. I'm glad they didn't say that mm. earlier because I would have been like, if I'd heard it earlier, 
I would have been like, well, it can't be that big of a deal. Yeah. But it clearly is that big of a deal. So I'm kind mm. of glad they held yeah. that and I, and I, But I feel, I feel like that, for me, <laughs> was at the detriment to it because that actually made it more interesting. Because, oh, they haven't talked because of this thing. And it's... And, I mean, obviously, like, it's the fact that your brother has lied to you about your life because yeah. you can't remember it. That's, that is, in, in itself, an interesting concept. And then you add on top of it, oh, they haven't... Or the impatient they haven't been speaking. You're like... Oh, come on, that seems a bit obvious, but I think it would have been much better if they'd said, we work together, we have our together, but there is this big gulf between us. And then yeah. it comes in maybe half an hour before the end. I will say I do think this film is too long. I, I always think, think they're too long. This is the thing is because they repeat themselves so much. It's like, I had to be his memory. He had to be my memory. I had to be his memory. We get it. You had to be his memory. Hurry the fuck up. I, yeah, I, I mean, it, I do, again, I agree, but I almost think they needed to stress that because it's mm. such a, like, a different experience than yeah. everyone will really have. But I think, I think, because the film is, I think, in three or four sections, yeah, and they basically have ten minutes at the start of every section talking about how Alex lost his memory, and I'm like, we know he did. Mm-hmm. It's the whole fucking point of the documentary. And when they then finally reveal the crime... Yes, the crime is horrific, but also I'm I don't want to watch any more of these these particular stories in a way. I don't I don't want to watch a story about an abuse of power resulting in child abuse. I really don't anymore. And no. it, for me, there's always something that's gonna to me feel incredibly exploitative about it. And I can't I I know they've written books about this and obviously I don't they... as in I don't I agree with you predominantly. And I also felt that when I realised what this was about, because mm. obviously I didn't know, because it is a twist. Yeah. Um, but also, I don't feel like it's exploitative because they... Are so involved. They're in so involved in talking about this already. They're deliberately talking about it. Mm. I actually... Maybe they would contradict this, but like it did feel like the documentary helped them in some way. Yeah, I It felt I like agree. they were treated very well in this documentary. They weren't like... And they weren't... The most important thing, I think, was that they let them speak about it in their own words. It appeared. Mm-hmm. And they were not dramatising it. Like, yeah. they did not dramatise it at all, which is what a lot of ones do. Yeah. My main problem with this documentary is that I ended up being like, this is a really good story, but I feel like I should end maybe documentaries feeling like I can do something or, like, mm. this should change my life in some way. And instead it was just like... This that is was a, thing a that sick happened. story, but, like, an, a dark story, don't get me wrong. But also, like, have I learned anything? No. no. I can probably tell someone this story mm. in the pub and they would think it was amazing, but that's it. But I can, I, can, I can also see why Marcus did it. Because if you have that trauma in your childhood and your twin brother suddenly forgets that trauma, do you want him to relive but it? But that's what he keeps saying, right? Yeah. But that's what I think is, that's the most interesting thing about the documentary is that mm-hmm. neither of them, is that... Mar- I think you side with Marcus, right? Yes. And I think the way they tell it is so clever in that at the beginning you're kind of siding with Marcus because he's helping Alex so much. Yeah. And when you find out the reveal, your automatic sympathy is with Alex because they mostly focus on his story. Like, they're mostly like, how did you feel about this? Mm. And it's all about how Marcus doesn't talk about it at all. Which is, like, completely understandable. And I sympathise with Marcus much more than Alex yeah. the whole way through, even though Agreed. Alex is the one in the most psycho accident. But equally, the way he deals with it is not helpful for Alex. No. And that's not his fault. But I just, I th- 
it's so interesting mm. about like how Alex is tr- is the it makes it so interesting when they sit down mm. and like oh my god the bit where Marcus breaks down is like yeah um, amazing to watch. I mean, I think the issue that I have with this is that I had seen the trailer before you suggested to watch it. Yeah. And the trailer gives away that something is wrong. Yeah, and that but I knew something was wrong. Um, and it's kind of also heavily implied that the I think I can't remember if the trailer says that like Marcus lied to him that. Yeah, 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 but I knew but, that. But then I think for maybe about five minutes, and I was like, it's going to be child sex abuse, isn't it? It's it's just going to be that, and I. And I and it did sort of take me out of it in the fact that that's the story that is going on. Obviously, it's an important story, and there's an interesting angle on it from someone who has managed, who has forgotten all of that trauma because of an accident, and that you have someone who is helping them well, not guess, relive it. To me, the child sex abuse is really easily guessable. It's yeah. quite obvious. Like it's so obvious from the way that they they portray the mum, they portray the dad from very early on. Yeah. The extent of it is unclear, <clears throat> and also I didn't actually anticipate it being the mum. Um, for I, some reason, just I because they did. were like saying she was weird, but I didn't quite <clears throat> anticipate the fact that she would have done it, and also like the whole the extent to which. Yeah. Anyway, the details of it, like the fact that there was going to be some sort of like traumatic sex abuse story, was clear from the beginning. I felt, mm. and clear from the trailer and all of that kind of thing. But the the but my point is the interesting thing is the the idea of trauma. Mm. And how one deals with that. And that, in a way, was a much more interesting angle that I feel like... I wish more time had been spent on that. I feel like that was a whole of the ending. That was like a whole half hour at the end. For me, the ending was... I didn't get that from the ending. I got the ending of, like, this is the reveal of what happened. Oh, No, I felt like we had the reveal of what happened, like, halfway through. And then it was like, but I think, how I think do you process that information? You had the reveal of, like, the full extent of what happened at the at the very end. And, and, Not and the very end, but, like, yes, it's the bit where he watches it and he's like... And, but I, I, I don't know, I, there was just something about this that I was like, this is fine, it's better than some of the other ones of this genre that I've seen. Would I say to people to watch it? Probably not. I mean, I think, I think it's, it's, it's too long, it's too, it's trying to be arty when actually I feel like really stripping down the artifice would have been a lot better. I can't remember the one you maybe watched a few weeks ago. Um, in the previous series, it's the one where they kind of it, he tricks her to the aliens. Are... Oh my god! Um, yes, such a good one. That one had some really dumb reenactments in it, and yeah, I'm glad that this one too. didn't have that. And which is why for me it pushes it above it because they're both sort of stories about dealing with childhood trauma. No, but I felt like the fir- the I can't remember what it's called, but the other one was about. Um... Is not so much about the trauma. Like at the end, it talks about the trauma. Yeah. But predominantly, it's about what happened and the idea mm. of like deceit and how can you trust people, right? Abducted in plain sight. Abducted in plain sight, right? It's about trusting people, yes. including trusting your own parents. Mm. But this one, I know it's about trust, but it's about, to me, as soon as you get the reveal of like basically what's happened, yeah. you don't need to know the detail, although the detail later comes. It's about who you trust, but also what trauma is better to have almost which mm-hmm. is intriguing because this idea of who am i and people talk about well like my trauma makes me who i am that's so interesting with identical twins yeah. and one of them doesn't remember like that that's why it's so interesting mm. the fact that identical obviously like gives it a visual element because you're like you're exactly the same you're like exactly mm. the same and yet 
one of you has this store of memories in your brain and, and the other one nothing. will never have that and feels resentful that they don't mm. have that and is dealing with a different kind of trauma in many ways. And how are you mm. getting around that? And I just think that's yeah. that's the point I of just, the documentary. I just think I didn't get that, which I think oh. is, is an issue, but it's it's not going to detract from... I think it's, it's not going to detract from the fact that it, it is very well made. Yeah. And it has got some serious positives to it. But I did feel like... There was there was just an, a level of disconnect, and for me a level of, oh another one of these. Uh, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, I know. Anyway, I mean, I'm giving you more true crime next week. So oh, deal with that. I'm looking forward to it. So, but it's very different. But scores on the doors time. Yeah. Are you really ready? Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you excited? Yeah. Are you all of the above? I guess. <laughs> so the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I gave the marvelous Mrs. Maisel a nine. Um, I also gave it a nine. I mean, I, really I do fun. think it's really good. Yeah, There's... I need to push past this annoying mid stage so I can get into mm. the rest of it. I think series two is my favourite. Okay. Um, Criminal UK, I also gave a nine. I gave it an eight. Loving it. I think it, for me, just slightly below. Okay. But still good. Um, Sightseers, I gave Sightseers an eight. I gave it a six. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I wasn't convinced. And then, That's too predictable. And tell me who I'm, I am. I gave a six. I'm going to change it to a seven because I convinced myself that it was about deeper things than I thought. Oh. Um, a seven. Yeah, I only gave a six point five because I was like, it's only got one story to tell. Yeah. But actually, now I'm like, ooh, trauma. The means of trauma. So interesting. Yeah, I gave it a six. <clears throat> yeah. I think I, again, it's it's just it's not my genre. It really isn't my genre. But if we now go to the leaderboard, which now contains the first episode of season two, woo, dun, I'll dun, be dun. excited. Um, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel has entered pretty high in the in the in the top, but yeah. it's still it's not made it into the top three because we have two things with a perfect score in the top three for TV, yeah. which I also don't disagree with completely. I need to watch the rest of both of those series as well. Oh. So They're just stuff that I feel like I have to pay attention to, you know? I think West Wing less so than Chernobyl. They're, they speak so fast in the True, West Wing, actually, I have yeah. to pay attention. Um, know, whatever, yeah. And I, I don't think anything has affected the bottom of the leaderboard. For those who want to recap, the bottom three for films are still the 10-year plan, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil and 27 Dresses. And then for TV, it's Love Island, You and The Last Kingdom. Yeah, fair. So if we go on to next week. Next week. So um, I'm going to ask you to watch another Netflix documentary, but it's like a TV series one. Yes. It's got three episodes. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like you'll be able to stop watching after one episode, okay. but we'll see what happens. Um, and it's called Don't F*** With Cats. I'm literally, like, it's literally starred out, but, like, I assume it means don't fuck with cats. Yeah. She says that in the, the documentary. Um, it's sick. It, it's like something I didn't plan to watch because I don't really give a shit about cats, to be perfectly honest. But um, it's essentially about... It starts being the story of some internet warriors, kind of, okay. who see this disgusting video where a guy kills cats on the internet, like, in the, a very horrific way. And they decide that they're going to track him down, but it becomes about a lot more than that. Okay. Um, yeah, it's really fun. Great. I would like you to watch. I well, I, sorry, I've said fun, but it's actually not, like as in it's presented in a real kind of like light-hearted way, and then you're but like, it's also not Jesus fun. Christ, this is dark. Um, <laughs> okay. I would like you to watch Shrill, 
Yeah, I've heard of it. I want to watch it. Um, which is written by A.G. Bryant, who probably I most really people know like from SNL. She's really funny. Very, very um, funny. And it's about kind of... It's generally about women and kind of body, body image, image. Specifically related to body size. Yeah. But it is quite funny in places. Yeah, I'm keen o to watch. Also, it has Lolly Adafope in it, who I think is really funny fun, and fun, should fun. be in more. And then I've recommended you a classic film, um, which, which I'm, I'm really annoyed I haven't, haven't seen. Watched, yeah. Which is called Twelve Angry Men. You know it. You it's know famous. it. You love it. I, I, you will love it. It's I so clever. It. The writing is genius. I might rewatch it. Yeah. I won't, but I might. Mm. I would like you to watch something that I rewatched actually over the weekend, which is a film that I would class as really shouldn't be as good as it is. I'm and, so suspicious of this film. And I would like. enough. I would like you to watch Spy, okay. which has got. Melissa McCarthy in it, and Jude Law. Oh shit, but okay. <laughs> Sorry. I've just seen the trailer and it looks terrible. This is the thing, I saw the trailer and thought it looked terrible, and then someone said, it's actually really good, and I think I watched it I mean, I, I love was... Jude Law, so... Yeah, I know. watched it when I was ill, and Aww. it really holds up. It's by the guy that did Bridesmaids. Yeah, but he's done a lot of... He's done a lot of crap, great he did stuff. a simple favour. That's all we need to say. Oh yeah, I have watched it. I made you watch it. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't, I don't know. There is something about Spy that I can't quite put my finger on. Why it's really fun and it's really enjoyable, and okay. I'm just interested to see what you think. Yeah, no, I'm looking. Well, I won't say I'm looking forward to it, but it sounds like an easy watch, which is always. It's good very for me. easy watch. Genius. Okay. So thank you for listening this week. Yeah, we appreciate it. Um, Move. If you want to catch us on social media, you can follow us on Instagram at Please Don't Make Me Watch. You can follow us on Twitter at Don't Make Me Watch. And you can email us at Please Don't Make Me Watch at gmail.com. Also, if you've just got any suggestions for things that you think we should have seen, we should make the other person watch, please email in, tweet in, DM us on Instagram. All of these things, we want to know. We need attention. We do. I've said it more than one time. Also, please like, rate and subscribe. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean and all good podcast providers. And Spotify. And Spotify as well. The kind of main one. What else? Um, yeah, it's been a joy being back for season two. Woo! I hope you're ex as excited as we are. Yay! Woo, season two. Get hyped. See ya. Bye. Bye.